school. Anyone who wishes to speak in confidence about any concerns they have or those who require support or advice regarding this matter can contact 01437 Plans to reduce midwife care at Withybush Hospital to a daytime service are now being formally discussed with staff. At first, Hewell the University Health Board denied it had plans to change to the way Withybush's maternity unit is staffed before later admitting that some changes were being considered. Information from the health boards says that plans to change the model of care used by the midwifery-led unit, reducing the current 24-7 staff service at the hospital to a model where staff work on an on-call basis outside of normal working hours. In the letter, the health board claims there will be no change in the provision of service, describing it as still being a 24-7 service, as midwives and support staff will still be available at all hours, but the changes would mean that midwives and healthcare support workers would not continue to work from the maternity unit after hours as they currently do. A petition calling for diabolical planned overnight parking fines at Freshwater West is to be scrapped after receiving thousands of signatures since it was set up last week. Plans to introduce parking fines for people who park in Freshwater West between the hours of 10pm and 6am were recently submitted to the Pembrokeshire Coast National Park Authority by the National Trust. Anyone caught parking at the beach during those hours would face a penalty of £100 per day. A petition against the plans had been been signed by more than 4,800 people. The petition said that the Pembrokeshire Coast National Park Authority has received an application from the National Trust to impose huge parking tariffs at Freshwater West. All three car parks will be out of bounds and since there really isn't anywhere else to park, it's a curfew. This means no more late night fishing, no more wild camping and late night barbecues, no midnight swimming and no more dawn photographs. Freshwater West is one of the only wild and free places left on our coastline where you can go and it doesn't cost you a penny. One signer of the petition said the plans would threaten surf culture in Pembrokeshire. Another said it would prevent residents from enjoying the county that they live in. A Grade 2 listed Georgian Haverford West townhouse will be sold off by Pembrokeshire County Council along with the town's old library site. The John Nash designed Foley House had been earmarked for purchase by the Welsh Georgian Trust but the Trust decided against going ahead last year. At Monday's Cabinet meeting members approved carrying out of urgent repairs to prevent water damage as well as plans to protect bats roosting in the building. Following those repairs the historic house will be sold on the open market. Market, the cabinet agreed. Councillor Bob Kilminster said to avoid a reoccurrence of the situation to the Pembroke Dock Gun Tower or Trugagon Farm, where communities have called for them to be withdrawn from auction. Any interested parties had until the end of August to express an interest. A site off Dew Street, including Haverford West's former library, will also be declared surplus to requirements and disposed of by means to be agreed and on terms to be determined by the Director of Community Services. The site covers around 1.35 hectares and includes the Community Education Centre buildings and the former swimming pool site, now a car park. Anyone interested in preserving contemporary art, namely the Tinker sculpture on the front of the library building, is asked to contact the council by the end of August. Councillor Paul Miller said that it was potentially a key regeneration site for Haverford West. Discussions around its disposal could include breaking it into smaller sites or demolishing the buildings to provide a flat level site, he added.
And in Pembrokeshire Sports, Alec Coley Cup quarter-final, it was St Ishmael seconds, 127 for 7, who lost to Crosselli seconds, 131 for 2 by 8 wickets. Simon Cole played a pivotal role as Crosselli became the second side into the Alec Coley Cup semi-finals by beating Tish. Chasing 128, Cole hit 56 not out as the Doves got home with 7 balls to spare, having earlier taken 3 wickets to help keep the Tish run rate in check. I'm Toby Ellis and you're up to date with Pembrokeshire's News. For Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire. Pure West Radio. Pure West Radio weather. Thank you very much, Toby Ellis, there with the news at just gone at 7 o'clock. Current temperature outside in Haverford West is 18 degrees after a high of 19 today. Lows overnight into the morning is 11 degrees with a high tomorrow of 22, but feeling very muggy tomorrow with some cloud cover burning off after the morning and a low overnight into Friday of 12 degrees winds low and not much chance of rain either so looking like a lovely evening and a great day tomorrow keep it tuned here to Pure West Radio for all your local news and weather on the hour this is Pure West Radio good evening kicking off the show this evening with a bit of Medusa piece of your heart featuring good boys show me a piece of your heart a piece of your love I'm calling you up to getting down, down, down The way that we touch is never enough I'm turning you up to getting down, down Show me a piece of your heart, a piece of your love I'm calling you up to getting down, down, down The way that we touch is never enough I'm turning you up to getting down, down, down What? Sorry, just quickly, what if it's Da da da, uh, uh, da da da, uh, uh, down down down. This is Pure West Radio. Hey there, 
Delilah What's it like in New York City I'm a thousand miles away But girl, tonight you look so pretty Yes, you do Times Square can shine as bright as you I swear it's true Hey there, Delilah Don't you worry about the distance I'm right there If you get lonely Give this song another listen Close your eyes Listen to my voice, it's my disguise I'm by your side Oh, it's what you do to me 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 What you do to me Hey there, Delilah Times are getting hard, but just believe me, girl. Someday I'll pay the bills with this guitar. We'll have it good. We'll have the life we knew we would. My word is good. Hey there, Delilah. I've got so much left to say. If every simple song I wrote to you would take your breath away, I'd write it all. Even more in love with me, you'd fall. We'd have it all. Oh, it's what you do to me. 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 A thousand miles seems pretty far, but they've got planes and trains and cars and walls. Would all make fun of us And we'll just laugh along Because we know that none of them Have felt this way Delilah, I can promise you That by the time we get through The world will never ever be the same And you're to blame Hey there, Delilah, you be good And don't you miss me Two more years and you'll be done with school And I History like I do You know it's all because of you We can do whatever we want to Hey there Delilah, here's to you This one's for you with a bit of hey there Delilah just gone 10 past 7 on your Wednesday hump day evening it's halfway through the week we've made it this far already nearly Friday as we speak so good evening welcome it's me Daz here with you through until 9 o'clock this evening on your evening show on Pure West Radio 
Big shout out to everyone down at the Beating of the Bounds in Haverford West. Hope you're enjoying the sunshine when I'm stuck here in the basement studios. If you fancy a request, do get in touch. Facebook.com forward slash Pure West Radio and I'll give you a big shout out. I've got a great song on the way for you from the Levelers. Uh, tonight we are speaking to Mike Smith, who was a, discover, a discoverer of a Celtic chariot burial site in Haverford West when he was out metal detecting. We'll find out all about that and how you can get involved maybe around the county. I've got a competition on the way for you as well and all the information that you need about PEMS Fest that's happening later on in the month. A very, very big event happening in Pembrokeshire indeed. So big, it's had to move up to Williamsburg Showground, so you don't want to miss all the details coming up about that. But I thought since it's been such a beautiful day today, and yesterday, and the day before, and tomorrow, and the day after, it's absolutely beautiful. We definitely had our five seconds of summer this year already, and we're only into July. I thought I'd play a bit of the levelers with What a Beautiful Day. Here it is on Pure West Radio. Good evening. What a beautiful day. But you and I would never look back And wasn't it incredible So beautiful and above all Just to see the fuse get lit this time To light a real bonfire for all time And what a beautiful day Okay. 
the temples down without a sound But the generals, they were hiding out The ministers, well, they'd all gone to ground Wealth redistribution Became the new solution So I got a paper bag But you got the one with all the holes And what a beautiful day Radio.
Call Me from Blondie. And you certainly can do as well. We are live here in our Haverford West studio. That's 01437764455. Haverford West 764455 to get through to me here in our studio. Right, lots going on today. Of course, the beating of the bounds. We are live there this evening. Good evening, everyone. Hope you're enjoying the sunshine. And also, PEMS Fest is up and coming. What is PEMS Fest? It's a huge event here in Pembrokeshire. It's happening on the 26th and 27th of July up at Withybush Showground, and it's from 1pm until 1am. It's a massive day. Uh, there are so many, in fact, on the main stages that I'm just going to name a few. We've got Coastal Horizon, Suburban Soul, The Collective. We've got Josh Bedis, The Llewellyn Duo. Sister Bodie, Rosie Kale, many, many more, and special guests as well. And in the evenings, we've got the DJs from Back to Basics and Houseworks joining, taking you right your way through the night into the early hours. And also, there are attractions, including a bungee run, you've got CQB paintball, uh, a rodeo sheep. I cannot wait to see people tackling a rodeo sheep. I've seen the bulls, I haven't seen a sheep yet. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Uh, also, food and drink as well by the Green Shed with vegan options, Daps Baps, Jar of Hearts Sweets, and Lochmeyer Ice Cream amongst others as well. Uh, tickets are £10 from £10 and they are av- available on Eventbrite or at facebook.com forward slash PEMSFest. However, I'm going to be revealing later on in the show how you can win yourself four tickets plus camping for the whole weekend. How good is that? Stay tuned if you want to find out how to win those. We've got a triple play on the way for your next three songs back to back with no ads and none of me. Oh, but there you go. It's happening here on Pure West Radio. Good evening. Oh, Farm Ice Cream. Handmade delicious ice cream using the milk of their 350 free-range cows right here from their Pembrokeshire family farm. Come and try the extensive range of flavours which include traditional banana, blackberry, chocolate, coffee, ginger, lemon, Pembrokeshire honey, Pembrokeshire salted caramel, raspberry truffle, pistachio, strawberry and many more at their newly opened shop on the Riverside, Haverford West. They offer a range of sizes from small tubs and cones to eat on the go or insulated takeaway tubs for you to enjoy at your own pleasure. Loch Farm Ice Cream are the proud sponsors of the Sunday Lunch Guide on Pure West Radio. 24 24 Carat Hire Services are based in West Wales and provide marquee hire, outdoor stage, wedding marquees, mobile bar, sound and lighting. We've won the Welsh National Wedding Awards category of Best Outside Wedding Company in Wales in 2015 and 2016, voted by our happy brides and grooms. Our professional and friendly crew will work closely with you to ensure everything runs smoothly. Get your free quote today by calling us on 01239 711 or visit www.24caratpromotions.co.uk At KO Carpets, you know quality is assured. We've been your local family-run business for over 40 years. We're widely recognised as Pembrokes' leading supplier of domestic and contract flooring. We provide full end-to-end service, free measures and estimates, free delivery and free fitting by our professional team of highly skilled fitters. Come and see us at Vine Road, Johnston, or drop us an email, sales at kocarpets.com. We're a knockout at flooring. For Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire, Pure West Radio.
to pass my my hidden treasure chest golden grand piano my beauty focus e o u
Pure West Radio.
Madonna and Ray of Light. Good evening and welcome to everyone. If you're still tuned in down at Haverford West at the Beating of the Bounds, I hope you've bound all those beatings back or beaten all those bounds back and you're enjoying the sun while I am here in the basement in Dew Street. Oh dear, but there you go, that's the way it goes. It's just coming up to 20 to 8 on your Wednesday, halfway through the week. We've nearly made it to Friday. Now, I'm joined in the studio here with Mike Smith. Uh, let's go live on Facebook at the moment. So if you're on facebook.com forward slash Pure West Radio, you will be able to tune in and see us live here in the studio. Um, Mike, good evening. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, you are a discoverer of a Celtic chieftain chariot burial site. Yes, yes, that's correct. At a secret location. Yes. We know it's farmland, but uh, I won't, <laughs> won't say no more. No. Uh, tell us about yourself and your background and how you got into metal detecting. Well, basically, um, Christmas 1977, my parents bought me a metal detector. 1977? Uh, yeah, 1977. It was a C-scope with uh, a shepherd's crook sort of style handle on it very early. Just an on um, on and off button uh, and volume. Um and ground threshold, uh, and in 1979 I found my first cannonball, Civil War cannonball, 1600s. With um, no other in, no instruments or no other um, alterations on the machine, just on-off, volume, and, threshold. and you found a cannonball. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, 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 the bad side of the machine was uh, if it was metal, you dug it. It just mm. gave you a positive signal. Um, it was just a, a monotone machine. Um, you didn't know what the metal was. There was no indication. There was no lead display, no screens like there are wow. today. Um, the amount of tin foil that I dug, you wouldn't believe. Like, <laughs> and tin cans. Saving the environment, tops. I suppose. Yes, yeah. <laughs> what, I mean, I suppose that's answered uh, this, this question already, but what What made you, I mean, 1977, that's a long, no, a long time ago. <laughs> what was it that you dug that made you think, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. This is amazing. Was it that cannonball? No, that was my best find at that time, and still I look back on that today um, as my favourite find of all time sort of thing. Um, but no, uh, in my first two years of metal detecting, uh, we grew up opposite Lanyon Barracks, an old military barracks, and they were still there oh. till I was eight. Um, and I was 12 when I had my first metal detector, and in the first two years I dug up 176 different military badges. Um, every time I went out, I was digging up a military badge. Um, coins galore, bullets. Wow. Um, unfortunately, the downside of it, um, I was digging up grenades, mills bombs, um, mortars, plate mines, personnel mines. Obviously not active. Yeah. They were? Yeah. Um, we had the police out, bomb disposal many times. <laughs> wow. Yeah, many times. That's incredible. How old were you at that point? Uh, that was, well, between 12 and 14 then. Digging up grenades and mines. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even imagine that. Well, the worst thing is, I dug up a, I dug up a grenade there one day, um, and it was literally in the playing park that used to be in Lanyon Barracks. There used to be some swings, and now when you're kids and you 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 swing as high as you can and you jump off, mm. where you land, I dug up this hand grenade. Wow! Basically, with no pin in it, it had been thrown and it just had failed to go on to go off. No kids were landing on this. Wow! God knows how many children had landed on that and it never went off. That's incredible. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing, obviously, bombs could come in for that. Yeah. Uh, did yeah. they say how steady it was? Was, uh, well, it, was it due to... Uh, it, <laughs> well, the pin had been thrown out, and the, the, the actual... Uh, basically, that the firing pin hadn't reached its percussion cap at the bottom. 
Now, if it had... So millimetres away from, yeah, from going yeah, off. It that's, could have gone off. That's incredible. Um, over the years, you've obviously found out a lot of stuff. Yeah. Do you have, like, a top three? Ignoring the big one, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love my Roman finds, but to be honest, it's only in the last few years I've really started finding Roman, um, Roman stuff, although I've had a nice few Roman brooches and all now over the last few months, uh, Roman coins. Um, thanks to a friend of mine, Steve Lewis, um, going on his permission. Um, but can, my favourite. Can you date them? Do we know how? how yes, hundreds, yeah. thousands. Yes. Yeah. Um, basically, one of the brooches I've recently dug up would be anything from 75 AD to 150 AD. Wow. Um, so you're talking of 75 years after Christ to 150 wow. years after Christ. Yeah. That's that's incredible. And the, and the other top ones you, you're going to say? Um, I love finding hammered coins. Hammered coins. Can you yeah. explain a bit about hammered coins? For well, a hammered coin is a coin that was struck before the mill coins come into circulation. Um, it was struck with a hammer, basically, um, where it gets its name from, obviously. Um, some of the nicer ones that you find. Um, one of the nicest ones I found was a Richard I, or Richard the Lionheart, as we know him. Wow. Um, I found that last year. And they'd each individually been struck yeah. by a hammer thousands of years ago. Well, um, Richard I was uh, it was in the 1100s, I believe. Oof, that, that's good enough for me. Yeah. That's good. I, well, yeah. I'd be surprised if I could find a button I lost last Tuesday, <laughs> let, alone, <laughs> let alone that. Um, and obviously now the, the big one, the chariot yeah. uh, burial site. Can you tell us... I'd like to know at what point... You, you found At what point do you think, well, I'd better... Like use a brush instead of a shovel on this because well I, w- I went into a field well last February the 7th last year we'd had three weeks of really bad weather yeah um, and most of my permissions were waterlogged um, so they were undetectable because as you were digging your holes we were just filling up with water so these are obviously sites that you're allowed to, to dig on you yeah. can't just go out and no no you've got to get permission you've got from to the get permission um, right. if you've got no permission you're, you're hawking what we right. call night hawking um, you're basically breaking the law. You can actually be done. If you're caught with a metal detector on land that you don't have permission on, you can be done for going equipped to steal, just like a burglar. Wow. Um, so obviously it's not something I'd advise anybody to do. No. Um, it, it's, it's wrong, you know. Um, but anyway, going back to the to the find, on the 7th of February last year, uh, I went into this field that I've been in about 10 times before. Um, and normally as I go over the gate into this field, the, the sheep scatter um, this one day, as I'm climbing the gate, um, the sheep were around my feet. I had trouble getting off the gate without <laughs> stepping on them. And they just wouldn't leave me alone. And I must have got about about 20 yards, 30 yards into the field, and I had my first signal. And it was only um, two to three inches deep, I think it was. That's all it was. And it was a um, the Celtic horse harness junction piece, a bit that looks like a flower. Did you know that when you first No, when you it, first caked, saw it? it was caked in mud. Right, um, and it wasn't. I, I I found a friend of mine who's the editor to Treasure Hunting magazine. We'd been friends already for a number of years, um, Julian Hart. Um, and between the two of us, um, after a little bit of wiping and all, he told me what it was. Uh, and then came the sort of um, the exclamation. Then um, that's it. Now you you're never going to top that. <laughs> that. That's the pinnacle of your metal detecting career. <laughs> Um, and I had to agree because it's it's not something you come across every day. Um, and after 42 years of metal detecting, it's the first Celtic wow. item I'd found. What um, sort of era are we talking with? Uh, you're talking of 2,000 years old. 2000. Wow. Yeah, first century. 
um, the actual area I found it in, um, it, there's a promontory fort in the area that was unknown again at the time, so all that's been discovered. Um, and that's 600 BC. Um, so that's before Christ. Um, so you're talking to two and a half thousand years old there. But anyway, the following day, then on the 9th, um, again it rained. Sorry, on the 8th it rained. And I didn't get the opportunity to go back then until the 9th. And I went into the field and uh, I found the other pieces. Um, so the people who said, well, that's it, you'll never find anything better than that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're wrong. And I'm, I'm very, very happy um, to say. Um, and the funny thing is I sent Julian Hart a, uh, an email um, with some pictures of what I'd found. Now, I'd, I'd previously sent him an email with other pictures um, and they weren't that spectacular, the finds, if you know what I mean. And I phoned Julian and I said to Julian, I said, Julian, I said, what do you think of those pictures? And he looked down, he said, oh, nothing so spectacular about them, Mike. I said, no, not them, keep going. <laughs> Well, the words that come out of his mouth, I can't repeat over the, over the radio. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, but wow. there's, there's a piece there that looks like a mask. Um, it looks like it's got two eye sockets. I've, I've seen it, yeah. yeah. That's... Um, that's an actual brooch that went on the side of the horse, the king's horse. And it's only the second one found anywhere in the world. Ever? Ever. There's never been... There's only one ever been found before that. Wow, because I was, I was going to say, how many of these... Sort of burial sites have been have been found. Uh, this is the first in Western Britain. There's right. never been one found this side of Yorkshire before. Yorkshire. Uh, yeah, Yorkshire wow. was the closest up until now. Um, it, it's it's a burial site. Yeah. Does that mean that there could be others around it? Are you are you still looking for more in the area? There are. There are. Yeah. Um, there's 14 more in the same field. <laughs> Wow, there's okay. no chariots in them. I have to say, there's no, there's no. So there's 14 burial sites, but there's no more chariots. Yeah. Chariots there's, there. There's 14 what we call ring ditches with burials in. Right. Okay. Um, we know it was in farmland. Yeah. How do you distinguish? I mean, I'm guessing farmland over the years is full of bits of old tractors, old tools. What made you think I'll dig that? Does the metal detectors nowadays does bronze have a different sound yes, to does, all the yeah. iron and everything yeah. a, a modern metal detector today um, the machine that I was using at the time was uh, my Xterra 705 which people laugh at as a bit old tech now sort of thing but they're very deep I had a 15 inch watt coil on it wow um, and the signal that I got I thought I was digging lead I thought I was digging a big piece of lead and it took me half an hour to get through the first four inches because it was all ploughed land <laughs> Um, I nearly gave up, to be honest. And the, it makes really? me think back in the past, the things that I have given up digging, I've got to go back to. Um, mm. And as a result, uh, it took me, as I say, probably half an hour to get through the first four inches and then another five, ten minutes to get down. It was between 18 and 22 inches in depth. That deep? Yeah. Um, and the first piece that I can remember looking up at me was the, the turret ring. Now, the turret ring is part, uh, it was a central ring. There's five of them on a chariot, on the yoke. And this was the big one in the middle. Right. Um, and it also now holds the record for the biggest one ever found in Europe. Wow. Up, up, until, um, up until I found that, there was, uh, there was one found uh, basically at Glastonbury Way, um, which held the record. Um, now, the gentleman 
one of the gentlemen who attended the dig back in March, he was there demonstrating how they built chariots in the day. And he had a yoke with five turret rings on it, which were modern replicas. And the one in the middle, and he actually said to me, he said, this is the biggest one ever found in Britain. I said, no, it's not. <laughs> he said, "Now this was about this is about three inches in diameter, smaller than a tobacco tin in, wow. in its entire size." I said, "No, it's not." He said, "Yes, it is." He said, "I'm telling you, that's the biggest one ever found in Britain." So I then showed him a picture from my phone of my terret ring sitting on top of a tobacco tin, and it's twice the size. Um, I'm guessing you can't repeat what he said either on radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But uh, <laughs> they're going to make uh, replicas of, of the terror ring as well. Oh, wow. Um, of all the bronze artifacts that was found. Um, apparently, they're going to make replicas. There also, there was a, a Celtic, what you call double-edged longsword, found on top of where the body was. I saw pictures with the college students yeah. looking at that. that that's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's a burial site. Are there any remains no, in there? Because they're usually buried with the, with the chariot, I believe. Yeah, the body would have been there. Um, but unfortunately, the ground is so acidic in the area. Oh wow! Um, there was another two burials in the in that one ring ditch. Um, now, when you take into consideration this is a twelve meter across ring ditch, um, which is pretty big in itself, um, and it wasn't until uh, they came and did the GPR then last June when they f initially got down to the top of what they call the tires of the chariot into the what? Sorry, when they were digging the ditch, um, they didn't believe me that I'd found a Celtic you know, Chieftain's Chariot Burial. And June last year, they started on the 20th of June until the 28th. With GPR? GPR machine, ground penetrating radar. Uh, is that what you see on, um, on time like the time team when yes. they when they delve down underneath the ground? Right, yeah. okay. Um, that was a 12 meter ring ditch. Now about 30, 40 meters to the west of that was a 21 meter ring ditch. Oof. And again, about 30, 40 meters to the west of that one, was a 20 plus meter ring ditch again um so you know obviously there's more there so each of those would have amounted to basically a, a graveyard from they're, they're basically think, yeah they basically think that there's a graveyard um the, the chariot burial on its own um is very significant obviously the other ring ditches are significant in themselves but they're not burials as we would think of them as today mm. um the way they buried their dead in them days mostly they were cremated and their ashes were put in a pot, like we call an urn today, and that would have been buried in the ground with their, you know, sometimes with their valuables. And can we exclusively reveal that you found one? No. Have you found one? Oh, <laughs> no. Hoping for an exclusive there. Yeah. Um, with um, regards to the chariot, I believe you've also found a metal mass beneath? Yes, well, what happened there... Um, the experts at the museum, they never believed that there was one there. And I can understand that. I mean, there'd mm. never been one found this side of Yorkshire. Uh, and when uh, the gentleman who came around with the GPR equipment, um, he said that there was, uh, in the centre of the ring ditch, where I'd found my metal objects, my bronze objects, he said there was a three-metre metal mass underneath. Three metres? Yeah, three metres and ten, ten feet. Underneath. I didn't realise it was that big. Do um, any ideas on what it is or could be well it's been excavated now all oh, right um, okay it turned out that like the average size for a chariot wheel is between six and nine hundred mil now these wheels were 1200 mil um so one meter 200 millimeters each oh. wheel 
um, and that unfortunately is given off the the signal right. if you know what I mean um, because the wheels were no longer round um, you know after compression over the thousands mm. of years and farm machinery on the land and stuff like that they were you know sort of misshapen um, and that was given off the metal anomaly but we didn't know that unfortunately until we got down there that well it's that's still brilliant because yeah. to find something that and also to be bigger than the average or bigger than yeah. what's known that's that's amazing um with everything that's there obviously the location is kept a secret yeah how are they protecting it what's to stop people going there and uh, metal detect- like you said night talkers at night it, um, it's a scheduled site now but right um anybody who's a metal detectorist and who's been in the hobby as long as i have um, they know, um, although the land is now scheduled, it's protected by government. If you're caught on there, metal detecting, digging, um, you know, it, it's it's a serious offence. Wow. Um, you could face prison. You'd certainly lose all your equipment. You could be banned from metal detecting for, you know, for a significant length of time, if wow. not life. Um, but on top of that, there's cameras set up all around the area. Like uh, the trail cams you see on... Uh, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so if anybody went in there now anyway... Um, they'd be picked up, you know, on the cameras. That's incredible. Is there is there something? Obviously, metal. Could they not put metal on the, on the on the ground in the area? They to, have done. They have. Yes, they have done, and that was at my request. Wow. Um, they actually asked me last June, would I mind if um, if they sprinkled steel washers uh, or screws or, or nuts and bolts in the area? Um, and I actually said, I you know, I'd, I'd like you to do that. Um, you, you know, with the consideration of everything that's still in the ground, um, you know, it, it potentially will stop any metal detectorists. But the problem being is there are, you know, those certain ones out there that, that mm. still won't deter. Mm. And of course, the other problem is it might stop you actually detecting something. Well, I obviously would not detect in that field anymore. So oh, right, okay. I wouldn't want people following me anyway. Mm. Um, I've still got a number, number of other fields on the same farm which I can detect happily. Mm. Um, as far as I'm concerned now it's it's protected and it should be protected you know there shouldn't be that risk of people going in you know to damage you know anything that's left mm-hmm. um, anyone local listening or even uh, listening further afield how would you recommend getting into it are there any sort of clubs organisations that you're involved with or any equipment that you're like involved with at all yeah I, I, myself I use MindLab Right, um, and I specifically use Crawford's metal detectors. Um, brilliant company. Their customer service is second to none. Joe and Craig, who I've dealt with, um, brilliant, brilliant guys. Um, if you were to order something, uh, obviously before the weekend, it'd be with you the following day. Yeah. Um, and the expert advice that they will give you on the equipment, if you're just starting out, um, my my advice would be, don't go out and spend, you know don't go out and buy the best machine that's out you might not like the the hobby um, get yourself a basic machine to start with um, one of the lower end mine labs um, or any other machine that you can afford uh, if you could borrow one from a friend to begin with try that um, there's no point spending a lot of money only to find you don't like the hobby you have people getting into the hobby thinking they're going to find riches it's not like that you know, it'll take a lot of tinfoil to make up for the cost of that equipment. Yes, yeah, it will do. I mean, for me, it's you know, I love the country here. Um, I'm out in the fields. Um, eight out of ten times when I'm out, I'm finding junk. But the two times I'm out that I'm finding, you know, a hammered coin or a Roman brooch or, you know, uh, 
you know anything along that line. Um, the last thing I expected was you know to find this this chieftain's burial. Uh, you just don't, especially in this part of the country, it's it's not heard of. Um, nine times out of ten, I'm even either digging up musket balls or I'm digging up uh, buttons, um, and that's the majority of what you're going to find. Is there? I I'm not sure if it was this within the last week or so you've discovered a Roman brooch, like you said, with yes something else uh, yeah I found uh, a Roman brooch this week um, very badly worn uh, obviously a different location I also found a tankard handle again I believe to be Roman um, but uh, I'll be showing our uh, fans liaison officer at our club meeting Pembrokeshire Prospectors I'd like to get that out there too Pembrokeshire, Pembrokeshire Prospectors brilliant yeah. club we meet at uh, the cricket club on, th- on the first Thursday of every month um, lovely, friendly bunch of people. Um, they'll help you in any way that they can. Um, you know, it's it's just one of those situations. If you don't know what you found, mm. uh, either they will, or they'll know somebody who will. Nine times out of ten, when I find something, I have to show a picture on Facebook. I wouldn't uh, know where to begin if I dug up a little bit of bronze. I'd, I'd think, oh, scrap bronze. Well, I mean, I, I, after 42 years, you know yeah. what I'm saying, um, don't get me wrong, I've had you know long periods out um, due to work and family commitments and stuff like that. Um, but after the length of time I've been doing it, you get, you, you, you sort of recognise, it, it might not be in perfect condition, but you recognise you know, what it is. Um, the Roman brooch I found the other day doesn't look like a Roman brooch to most people. Um, it's very small, but it's very badly worn. Um, but I know it's a Roman brooch. Mm. You know, I've had other people comment saying, "Yeah, you know, first-century Roman brooch." It's <laughs> incredible. Um, you got the eye for that. I mean, I wouldn't know, like I say, where to begin if it's 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 just practice. It's the more you dig, the more you find. The more you find, you 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 remember. Mm. You know, it's like I can remember where I found my first hammered coin. I can remember where I found my first Roman brooch. Yeah. Um, I remember where I found my first cannonball. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things. Once you find it, you never forget. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to say? Maybe organisations or stuff that's that you'd like to mention yourself? Yeah, big shout out to uh, Treasure Hunter Magazine, Greenlight Publications, to Julian Hart, um, good friend of mine. Um, you know, his help with this um, to begin with. If when I found the item and I sent Julian the photos, uh, it would have taken me quite a bit longer to realise what it was I'd found because it was so caked in mud um, I honestly thought it was a heraldic horse harness which is medieval right. um, piece that I found um, but it wasn't until we cleaned the mud and all off it and the size of it and the bronze and the patina um, that we um, with Julian's help came to you know realise what it was that I that I had in my hand huh. um, yeah Sound guy, best magazine out there in my opinion. And what was that tre- uh, treasure? Treasure hunting magazine. Treasure hunting magazine. Yeah, um, and obviously Crawford's metal detecting. Um, Craig and Joe are the two gentlemen that I deal with, um, and I'd like to thank them for sponsoring me. They sent me a brand new uh, yeah. mine lab, mine lab Equinox eight hundred, and a full set of coils for that. Oh, brilliant! Um, which is is proved an absolutely brilliant machine. It's the best mine lab I've had. Um, and I can't see me giving up metal detecting any day soon. Oh, brilliant. That's fantastic. Anything else that happens, um, would you love to come on again? We'd yes, love to have you yes. back. Yes, yeah. I would, yeah. Even if 
any anything just <laughs> let us know <laughs> also i'd like to uh to add uh, i'm on all metal mode all metal is, mode which is a, it's a podcast um, I'm on that for next Thursday night. And I'm talking a podcast. This one right now, it's going to end in about 30 seconds. Um, please do pop on purewestradio.com. Check out the podcast we got there, and you'll be able to catch up with this as many times as you want. Take it with you. Uh, Mike Smith, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. And please let us know if you discover anything else in Pembrokeshire. We'd love to hear from you. Um, I'm going to play one song and then go back to the news at the top-ish of the hour. And then uh, I'll see if I can uh, speak to Mike and see if anything else has come up in the last, I don't know, 40-odd years of metal detecting.